0: Uh, pastors, him and his wife Tanya, they pastor Lifeway Church in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. Kind of give you a little backstory on them. They've been there, you said 15 years, is that right? 12 years. Been 12 years there now. And God, we kind of, him and I kind of have a similar story. Uh, we never went to seminary or anything like that. I mean, went to college and those kind of things, but um, God called him out of the educational system. Uh, he was actually going to, he was an assistant superintendent there at Kingfisher, and God called him into the ministry and uh, to be the pastor there. And they got a great church there in Kingfisher. If you're ever in Kingfisher, I encourage you to go to their church. And, um, but I met Pastor Terry through our, who we're associated with, is Trinity Fellowship Association of Churches out of Amarillo, Texas. And we're part of that, that network. And it's just a network of non-denominational churches, like-minded churches, like-visioned churches about building the kingdom of God, not our own little kingdoms and empires. And, um, and so I got to meet him through our, we have a monthly, we call it TFAC, not AFLAC, but TFAC, okay? The TFAC for short, for Trinity Fellowship Association of Churches. And so we kind of figured out the hub where we need to meet at here. We just f- figured this out here recently. It was really Kingfisher instead of Oklahoma City. So we've been meeting at his uh, church and we met this last Thursday at his church we meet monthly kind of what we do as pastors we get together and I love our monthly meetings because um, we get together and we kind of everybody shares about what's going on in our lives and personal and what I love about the group that we have is we get real with each other we don't hold nothing back it's not this like oh I pastored 300 people you know I mean Oh yo, you pastor 50 oh I'm above you we don't do we don't do that kind of stuff. We all know that we're building the kingdom of God, no matter what the size of our churches are or where we're located at. And and we have just this openness and transparency that we're able to bring the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it stays in that room. And then we're able to talk about it, and then we pray for one another, and there's a lot of uh, prophetic flowing, and, and just I love our time of prayer together. And then we always have a teaching piece of just you know helping us to be Uh, better pastors and just you know things like that and it's all it's so rich every time I go and Jada knows how much it means to me in fact she knows how much it blesses me every time I go and she says whatever we got to do you're going to that if we miss any kind of big conferences or whatever I don't care what we miss but you're not going to miss your monthly meeting with those pastors because she needs it because iron sharpens iron and so every time I'm around this guy I get a little sharper Amen. And so I asked him to come and sharpen all of us today and sharpen our swords and sharpen our roars uh, all the way from Kingfisher. And so I'm going to quit talking so he can have the mic. So everybody give a warm welcome to Pastor Terry Payne and his wife, Tanya, from Kingfisher. Well, uh, iron does sharpen iron. I pray that uh,
1: God speaks to you guys today. Sometimes I feel like a butter knife. So I ask the Lord to sharpen me. So he can sharpen you Um, when Pastor Mark asked me to to speak here it got my attention because I have a lot of honor and respect for your pastor I don't have the cool radio voice like he does or the thick hair can't even hunt but I love your pastor and I trust him I trust him with conversations That a pastor sometimes need to talk to another pastor. You have a man of God that is full of Jesus. Well, it's an honor to be here. With my wife Tanya's with me. 32 years we've been married, and we've got three boys and uh, three grandkids. And she's our woman's pastor at our church, and uh, she's got her main job is to keep me in line. Um, and yes, we have three dogs. We used to make fun of people with three dogs. We make fun of ourselves now, so little background of us. But um, how many in here, you're a hunter? Raise your hand if you, you're a hunter. So we have some hunters. Okay, good. Because today's message is called Killing Killing Giants. And uh, I thought it would be safe to say that in this area. So during the message, just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Don't nudge your spouse. He's talking to you. No, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you during this message? Um, when my son was, my, son, my middle son, Cody, Um. When he was about five, I remember we're sitting at the dinner table, and we're eating dinner, and Cody wouldn't eat his dinner. And, uh, and I look over there and I said, you're not eating? He goes, yeah, I'm not eating. Uh, my corn's touching my mashed potatoes. Anyone have kids like that? He liked his place nice and neat. And um, so like any good redneck father would do, I just stuck my finger in his food, and I just did this. He never complained again about his food touching each other. I think right now we're in a right now, if you allow the Lord to put his finger in you and stir around. Because sometimes we like things nice and neat. But God doesn't call us to be safe Christians that are nice and neat. If you read the word of God all the way through, he describes us as warriors. And we're to use the authority that he calls us to use. In fact, my prayer for you guys is that you guys are comfortable with being uncomfortable. As God stretches you spiritually, spiritually to serve, spiritually to even come up and get prayer, spiritually to to release the kingdom of God in your workplace, that you become comfortable with the uncomfortable. In fact, I want you to be uncomfortable when you're being comfortable. When you're doing nothing, I want you uncomfortable because I want the Holy Spirit saying, I've created you to do this. I believe the Lord has his finger on us, and uh, we have to be reminded sometimes that we are called, we're appointed, and we're anointed. God has you exactly where he wants you to do something, and that something is to release the kingdom in that environment so you bring change to the world that he created. But we do live in an amazing time period right now. Think about this. God could have chose you, made you, right? Remember, he knit you together just to be in this time period. You're thinking, man, this is a crazy time period. He could have chose, chosen you back in maybe the 1910, You know, when things are a little simpler, but he didn't do that. He chose you here in this era for a very specific reason. Right, You see, chaos doesn't change just because you go to church. <laughs> God ain't going to make anything all better just because you go to church, even though church is very important. In fact, it's Jesus' bride. You see, when Christians use their God-given authority, that's when chaos comes back in order. Remember in Exodus when God's people, they got taken out of slavery, and all of us have... Some little aspects of slavery in our life that we need freedom from. I think as you mature and grow as a Christian, God will begin to put his thumb on what that area looks like. Okay, but in this particular situation, God's people, they're leaving, right? They're leaving Egypt and they're headed towards the promised land. And God begins to describe this promised land life that he has ready for them, right? And I believe they get right to the edge of the promised land. And we know they sent out some spies, right, to check out the land. But the people are lined up and they're just checking out the land and, and they're saying, man, it is everything. The Lord has said it is. Look at the fruit. Remember, they brought back these giant grapes, right? Everything that God said it would be. But remember, some of the spies came back and gave a bad report, and it scared the people. Now, Joshua and Caleb came back, and they gave a good report, and they said, don't worry about it. We can swallow, the, we can swallow them up. We can swallow them up. You see, the people are afraid because there were some giants in the land, giants in the land. And the bad spies, which were God's people, they stared at the giants. But Caleb and Joshua, they stared at the Lord. You see, sometimes what you stare at becomes a reality in your life. If you're focused on Jesus, that's the reality. The king is your reality. But if you stare at the problem, that problem will grow big. And it will cause you to want to shrink back from the territory that God's released you to take giants have been around for hundreds of years we know that they look a little differently now than they did back then but god tells us what these giants that we face now in our lives what they look like in ephesians chapter 6 it says this for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places I hear the Bible's opening. I love it. I've got my Bible on my iPad. Um, I go kind of fast. I'm going to try to slow down. I'm from California, so I talk fast. I'm not weird like most of the Californians you read about. I just want—I feel like I need to say that. <laughs> I've been Oklahoma-fied, been here since 1992, so I've got more red blood going through me. But if you're going to try to keep up with me in Scripture, good luck. But we have, God is saying in the Scripture that we have a very real enemy. We have a very real enemy, and he doesn't want to just play with us. You have a very real enemy that seeks to kill you and destroy you and steal from you. right? He's not playing with you. He'll hurt you if you don't see him. And he's hoping, right, the church in the West out here, he, we're blinded by, I say, um, distractions. Busy, busy, busy. You ever hear that? for? Hey, how's it going, man? Be busy. That's not a good thing. Because when you're so busy, you don't see what's standing right in front of you, and the enemy loves that. Tanya, we go to Cambodia, we go to third world countries, and, and uh, when we're there, you can see the demonic raise his head right in front of you. Right in front of you, it's demonic as you're praying for somebody. Um, here, the enemy doesn't do that as much, it's a little sneakier. We have a church built right by um, a baseball field in Kingfisher, and Sunday mornings we'll be uh, having church, and the kingdom of God is moving. People are getting healed and set free, and I see tons of families, tons of my families that are in our church over there playing baseball again, missing what God is doing in the house so they could be prepared to play Major League Baseball, I guess. I don't know what they're thinking is. But the enemy is really good about distracting us with a bunch of stuff that doesn't make really a matter. Research says that 70% of Christians don't believe in the devil, 70%. Think about that, 70%. Yet God tells us over and over about an enemy we have. You see, imagine someone's breaking into your house, and while you're sleeping, and you're sleeping, and while he breaks in your house, this enemy, he takes things from you, things that are supposed to belong to you. And you wake up in the morning, and everything that was yours you've worked hard for is gone because this enemy was real quiet going in and out of your house in and out of your house you see the enemy loves sleepy christians because he'll walk in he'll steal your peace he'll steal your joy he'll steal your health if you don't recognize what he's up to because if you recognize and you wake up you'll use the authority that god's given you and you'll bind up the strong man if you don't see him he'll keep stealing how many times in our family there's been dissension you ever had argument your kids ever argue you ever argue with your spouse over stupid stuff, right? What if you push pause and you ask the Lord, Lord, what's really happening right here? And you realize actually a spirit of division is trying to create that gap, those gaps in your family line. And you have the authority to bind that up right then and release what? Release the kingdom into that environment, right? We have authority. We have, God says we have keys. You have spiritual keys. Just kind of picture those keys that you have the authority to unlock and lock up. You have authority to unlock things in heaven. Well, what's in heaven? Joy, peace, love, sound mind. Not chaos, but a sound mind. Health is in heaven. You know what's not in heaven? Giants. Giants been kicked out of heaven, right? The problem is they landed down here with us. <laughs> and we get to deal with them. The other the good the good news about that, God's authorized us to take care of giants that rise up on our family and our communities. Right? Every community has giants. If you go through Watonga, you'll recognize some specific giants that have been allowed to stay in that community and hurt families in that community. Every community, we have them too in Kingfisher. We went on a prayer walk the other night, 16 of us guys uh, from uh, midnight, this was Friday night, yeah, midnight to 6 in the morning. We had to call the police, (laughs) make sure they didn't. One One came over to say, hey, okay, what are you doing? We were walking through our town, and we are just asking the Holy Spirit to show us what needs bound up and what to pray over and who to pray over and what the Lord is doing. But um, I'm done being on my heels in my community. I'm pressing forward. That's the promised land, area that God's positioned me. God has called you in this area, in the promised land, area where you live. And at some point in your walk, you've got to get done with playing with the enemy and start using the authority that God's given you. Amen? But think about the giants that are attacking so many people. These giants, they look like fear, division, pride, slander, lust, addiction. One we can all agree upon in our country, there's a spirit of confusion right now making little boys think they're maybe God messed up and maybe they're supposed to be a girl. That's a spirit behind that. But David showed us how to beat giants. I love the story of David and Goliath. And so when I was praying over this message, I'll be honest with you, I'm busy. And uh, so when Pastor Mark asked me, I, I really didn't think I was going to get to say yes to it. And, uh, and the Lord said, yes, you're going. So um, I said, um, what can I preach on? And he said, you can preach on David. And I said, thank you. So I start, I've been stretching, spiritually stretching about this message and let you know that God's got a word for many of you today if you'll receive it because you came in one way there's going to be an exchange take place spiritually you're going to leave differently there will be new stones in your sling the sling that you think has been empty the Lord is here but think about a 14 year old boy and David how can a boy do a man's job? Think about it. if you had a 14-year-old son and you had all these adults in the army lined up, all these soldiers, and your son had to do the job that these other dudes should have done. Because any one of them, believe, could have said in the name of the Lord, right, and handled the business with Goliath, but they all stood around. I say they were frozen in fear because that's really what happened. They weren't frozen because of Goliath. They were frozen in the, what was behind Goliath. Sometimes we want to blame a person. We, reco- we, we fail to see what's really behind the person. I think David, when he saw Goliath, he didn't see the muscles. They were impressed with the muscles, but, but David has been impressed with the Lord. He's impressed with the Lord. He's been staring at the Lord, right? So when he sees Goliath, he doesn't see all the muscles. He sees past Goliath, and he sees with discernment what's really taking place. And it fills David with, the, I, I believe, a, a, a thing called, I say, power. Raise your hand if you know that you believe God has filled you with power. Amen. There is power in you. If you're a powerless Christian, I need you to get baptized in the Holy Spirit so you can get filled with power so you can have victory over the giants that's been kicking your tail, because that's the reality of this. Maybe your giant's been kicking your tail and you're here today and God's just plugging you back in because your battery got a little low, and he's plugging you back in. So just let the Lord do what he wants to do. But first, let's, let's, let's size up the name Goliath. Did you know that the name of Goliath means to strip? It means to strip. That's exactly what Satan tries to do with us when he puts a giant in front of us. Maybe you have a giant in your family right now. Maybe you have a giant at work, giant in your community. Maybe you have a giant, right, um, I, I, whatever it might look like in your finances. But the devil will, will try to rise up. He wants to strip you of what? He wants you to strip you of hope. And once he gets your hope, he wants to instill fear and discouragement, right? Those are, that's real. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 16 to start with. Um, Samuel goes to Jesse's house. We know he goes there to anoint the next king, right? He gets there. We know that he doesn't recognize any kids or anyone that's going to be the, 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 the next king. And finally, dad says, yeah, I've got one more king. And here we go, verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was rudy with bright eyes, verse 12 and 13, and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this one. For this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. You see, that's why you can kill giants, because you've been anointed. You understand? There's power linked to anointing that gives you authority to take out those that rise up against you. Right? The Spirit of the Lord came over David. That means power. So David has power. Okay? Every Christian parent, there's an anointing on you. Sometimes your kids can, you ever get worn out by your kids? Am I the only one my three kids wore? Sometimes they can start to wear you out, right? Listen, when you start to feel sorry for yourself, when you start, I can't handle this, remember that God has called you, he's appointed you and anointed you to raise up that next generation in the Lord. That means you have power. When you're in, under the anointing of God, that means you have power. You see, if you ever go to Walmart, And you see, you ever been to Walmart and you see a little kid being a brat and you're like, parent, do something about that, right? If you go over and try to parent that kid and kind of instruct that kid by his behavior, what's going to happen? It's going to end bad for you. There's no anointing. You're trying to step into someone else's role and there's no covering. But as you as a mom and dad, there is an umbrella of a covering over you. There's an anointing over you. There's protection over you. There's access to God's power to do what he's equipped you to do to raise those kids. Amen? Don't step away from that umbrella. Too many times I see us in our lives, right? I see pastors do that sometimes. They'll they'll be called to another church, they think, and they'll leave their church to go take on another church, right? And God will not bless what he does not call. So they leave their anointing here and they wonder why they're getting their tail kicked over here by all these giants of uh, people complaining about, because sometimes we get complaints, you know. I had a person come up to me and go, Pastor, we haven't seen good, good father in a long time. And I said, you know this is in um, Star Search. I said, the Lord <laughs> picks out the songs and we sing them. <laughs> it's funny to me, you had to be there, but we get all kinds of crazy, this ain't, this ain't the piano bar either. We don't, you don't pick and choose what you want sung. So we get all kinds of crazy stuff that you guys don't see, and we have to run it through our filter. As a pastor, Lord, what are you saying? So anyway, so here we are. David gets, uh, David gets called, but he's anointed, just like you're anointed. There's this epic battle that's not taking place, though. I believe there's battles in our lives that... Should be taking place, but in this battle, the, there's supposed to be this epic battle we read about with David and Goliath. But really, it was supposed to happen before David got there. The reality is that the men that were there were not taking their post to handle Goliath, right? So this epic battle is not taking place, right? Goliath's taunting God's people day after day, day after day, but um, the spirit of fear had sidelined sidelined them. They're frozen. So Dad sends David with some food to the battlefield. Verse 20, this is a huge reason why David did what he did. Sometimes we skip over this. I want you to see this. So David left the sheep. Remember, David was in the pasture field. So David left the sheep with another shepherd. David was in the pasture with the sheep. Now, David is doing way more than just feeding sheep. If you know the scriptures, David wrote some of the hymns that we sing in churches, David wrote. David wrote those scriptures those uh, verses those songs that we sing right in the pasture a job that nobody really else wanted right that's like the lowest low job but he's in the pasture but he's not wasting time he's spending time with the lord and while he's as he's worshiping the lord as he's praying to the lord as he's talking to the lord he begins to get in an intimate relationship with the lord amen it's in the pasture where you get equipped to take out giants Christians that won't allow themselves to to spend time in the pasture with the Lord, when they face that giant, you will be powerless and get thrashed. And then you complain, Lord, where were you? Pastor Terry said, I was equipped. You are equipped, but you better stop and get filled up full of power. It's not a one-time connection with the Lord. It's a daily filling up and energizing with the presence of the Lord in your life. And David spent a lot of time in the pasture with the Lord, right? He could have been whining. God, how you ever whined about where you're not? Because I have. Lord, how come I'm not over there? How come I'm not over there? I thought. And God's still saying, I want you to just be cool in the pasture and grow because I've got some giants here you don't even see. Do you know the Lord sees things you don't see? And he needs you in the pasture filling up in that intimate time with him. Right? I believe David was the first superhero in the Bible, we know of Flash and the Hulk and all the little fake ones, but I believe David was the very first superhero. Think about this. It said that David chased down the lion. Have you ever tried to catch a cat? <laughs> Try to catch a little cat. <laughs> you cannot do that. David chased a cat down, caught it, grabbed it by mane, and clubbed it to death. Multiple times. David is, a, when you're full of power, you can do things that you don't think you can do. Amen. Wouldn't that be fun to, see the, to watch that? When you get to heaven, maybe God, there's some VHS tapes, right? Where you can put them in because they're going to be old and you can pop them in and say, I want to watch how David chased down that line, right? Maybe the Lord will have a, a video room up there. But David chasing down because he spent time in the pasture. It's in the waiting, in the pasture, the Lord will fill you up. Are you preparing yourself in the pasture to kill the giants? That rise up against you your family your church you know we have an enemy that wants to take this church out you know that right the devil hates the church the Lord loves it the devil hates everything the Lord loves I love your logo when I drove in I I like logos for some reason your little logo the little wheat dude is cool it reminds me of things that get things that are planted grow how many Christians don't want to get really planted in a church and they don't grow like they want to, and then they leave the church complaining that I went there, but I didn't get fed, when actually you didn't get planted. Planted means you're serving. Planted means you're tithing. Planted means you're coming and you're, you're supporting. However, Lord, but you won't fully grow until you plant in a house. That's just the truth of it. We have people leave. I hear that, oh, I wasn't growing there. No, what you failed to do is get planted. You were there three years. I think if you've been to church a couple weeks, and you realize this is where the Lord is calling you, You should get planted if you really want to grow. So David is praying. He was reading the word. He was worshiping. He was also laying down his desires. Remember, he knows he's been anointed to be the king. Imagine that. You've been anointed to be the king, and you want to be the king, but there's a big gap before that happens, right? So David, 1 Samuel 17 says this, soon the Israelite and Philistine forces, 1 Samuel 17, 21 that is, forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. And as he was uh, talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him uh, shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? the men asked. Remember, they can only see 3D. You know, God's called you to be a four, You have 4D vision. You're to see what's really taking place spiritually. They're all 3D thinkers only seen in the physical realm when we live in a spiritual realm. You know that, right? Right? Have you seen the giant the men ask? He, he comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. Day after day, Goliath intimidated God's people. What giants in your life have been intimidating you day after day because you've allowed that giant to hang around? You see, the army's impressed with, with Goliath's muscles, but David's not impressed. If Jesus is who your eyes are on every day, I'm telling you, you'll be impressed by Jesus. And the little, the little problems are just little. But if you stare at the problems, they'll become a giant. They'll become a giant, and your faith in God becomes smaller, because what you stare at is the reality you'll live from. What you stare at is the reality. If you stare at Jesus, stare at his word, right, that's the reality you'll live your life from. It's the truth. So David approaches the king, and he says, I can do it, right? So here goes this boy approaching the king. Verse 33, it says this. Other scriptures come back there? Good. All right, I didn't know if they'd get up there. One time I was preaching, and um, my tech guy did not put up uh, these two soccer balls. I was trying to push up this, uh, this a big event. We have a lot of Hispanics in our town, so I was trying to connect the Hispanics and the white folk for a big event that night. And my tech guy is supposed to put up this Spanish soccer ball, and this American soccer ball, right? And he didn't put them up, and I remember I, put, I could feel it because we have three giant screens at our church, and I turn around, and my wife's getting mad for me telling this story, but it's the truth. And I turn around, and I, I, he didn't put, I said, when I get to this point, put those balls up there. And I said, Ryan, where's my balls? <laughs> and I got texts from all the dudes, so I found them. <laughs> Don't know where that came from, but I think someone needed a laugh because it's getting a little serious in here. I thank you that you're in, you're in tune with my message. <laughs> Saul tells David, verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You see, the problem is the anointing had left Saul because Saul had left his cover, right? So he can't see who David really is. If he could, he could see that David was a giant killer. And that's why he tells him, you're just a boy. You can't do it. Saul no longer had his anointing. When you leave your post, you leave your anointing, you're exposed. You won't see what's really in front of you. And then you'll complain to God while you're getting your tail kicked when really you've left your covering. I love this because David doesn't have identity issues. Sometimes we have identity issues, who God's really called us to be, right? David doesn't have this because he knows who he is because he spent so much time with the Lord, right? But David said to Saul, verse 34, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of its mouth, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard, struck, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine." Now. I just find that part when he talked about uh, Goliath being uncircumcised kind of funny. I don't know if you've ever laughed at that, but it's quite funny. And he's not making fun of his body. He's making fun of the covering. Right? Circumcised, when the kids were little, they got circumcised for a reason. It brought those kids in covenant with God. It separated them that these kids belong to the Lord. Amen? What David is saying is that Goliath, uncircumcised. He's not in covering with the Lord. He's out of covering, and he's dead, and he don't know it yet, but he's dead. I'm in covering. I'm full of power. Saul, you see a boy, but I see the Lord in me because the kingdom of God, according to Luke 17, is in every believer. All David's going to do is release the kingdom over that giant, and David knew it. David knew it. David also reminded Saul that I've killed a bear and a lion. Sometimes you got to re- when you're facing a giant, you just got to recall, push pause for a second. I want to encourage you to live from the pause, push, pu- push pause and remember how the Lord's helped you face other giants. Because what David, I think, was doing is he's reminding Saul but, what he's done before, but he was also encouraging himself. The best preaching you have should be from yourself to yourself. Mark, Pastor Mark can't feed you every little thing. His job is to equip the saints, right? David is actually encouraging himself by saying this out loud. I've killed the bear and the lion many times, and I can take this dude out. He's actually prophetically, that's why it's so important when you said speak it out loud, because what you speak releases right the kingdom of God in your situation. There's life and death in your tongue. There's power in your tongue. So when you speak out against something, right? but there's also death in your tongue, if you come in agreement with things that aren't good, right? What happens is you spiritually can get stuck because you've come in agreement with something that you should be taken out because God's equipped you. Amen? So when you're face a giant, just remind yourself how God's been with you in the past. So we see verse 38 here. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his, arm, uh, to his armor and tried to walk. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. It's amazing how often we try to be someone that we aren't. You see, God anoints the real you, not the fake you. He anoints the real you, not the fake you. He won't, he won't. just like me as a pastor, I, I I'll watch some of these pastors online, and if I'm not careful, I'll try to preach like them. God will not anoint the fake Terry. He anoints the real one. Even as badly as I want to sound like Pastor Mark's cool voice. I'm serious. you got a real cool radio voice. I'm, I can never be Pastor Mark. I, can, I just need to own how the Lord. Remember, he knit me. He's knitted you. Don't try to be someone you aren't. You're in covenant with God. You have power in you. God's equipped you to take out giants in your area and your family. Right? God anoints the real you. Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a, with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of army, of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He's saying, you haven't been talking trash against us. You've been defying God because we belong to God, right? This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp for the Philistines to, um, to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly, everybody watching, shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Sometimes you just got to push pause on your giant and remind whose battle really is it. It's the Lord's battle. And the Lord's the one that will deliver you, deliver that giant into your hands. It's one thing to think about it. It's another thing, like David, to verbalize it. Think about it. He know, David has to know he's antagonizing Goliath. But he's verbalizing, verbalizing what I'm about to do, right? You see, this is a key. Goliath did not know it, but the battle had already started. David was already in spiritual warfare. He was letting Goliath know. He was activating. See, when you speak over when you begin to speak over your kids or over your work or your community, you're already speaking and you're activating the kingdom. It's when you activate the kingdom with your faith words, right, the kingdom shows up. Remember, Jesus said, pray for the kingdom to come now. I think too many Christians, we whine about it instead of pray for it and release the kingdom. David isn't whining about how big Goliath is. He's just telling Goliath, this is what's about to happen to you, right? And David is releasing right, the kingdom over Goliath. And I believe that's where David's advantage came from, David's advantage. You see, I think Goliath at that point, if he had a brain, would have begun to think there's something special or different (laughs) about this. But God, remember, the Lord is delivering Goliath in front of everybody watching into David's hand. You see, David knew where he'd been. He knew that he had been in the pasture. He'd spent time with the Lord. He was equipped and ready to go for this challenge that was right in front of him. David was full of God. It was just a matter of releasing God over Goliath. Luke 17, 21. I don't even like, te- raise your hand if you like Texas football. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> Watch him yesterday, but the quarterback had Luke 17. You know what that scripture is. It's that the kingdom of God, their quarterback, it was cool. I still want him to lose against OSU. Don't get just confused. <laughs> but that's the kingdom of God is within you. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself when you feel overwhelmed that the kingdom of God is within you. What's wrong with this statement? I wrote this statement down and uh, the Lord said that's wrong. Because I had originally wrote down, Lord, kick out our enemies. It's a wrong statement. You see, the Lord won't do for you what he's equipped you to do for you. Remember Joshua and Caleb and the promised land, the people were to clear out the giants. God could have done it, but he wanted them to do it for some specific reasons. The Lord won't do for you what he's equipped you to do. See, as you spend time in the secret place with the Lord, David was in the pasture, that was his secret place, right? It's in the secret place of the presence of God that he'll fill you up with his power. Psalm 91 says this, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, go into your most private room and closing the door, pray to the father who is in, this, in, in this, who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. Could your giants be hanging around taunting you day after day because you aren't spending time with the Lord in the secret place? That's where he fills you up. Don't miss this because this is a game changer for you, right? The Lord says, shut the door, right? He's in the waiting. So when I wake up every morning, I go to have time with the Lord because uh, I'm not going to um, study. My time to put a message together is later on. I'm a Christian before I'm a pastor. So I'm walking down the hallway, and I know based off that scripture that the Lord is waiting for me in the secret place. It says he's waiting. So I walk into this little room that I created, a little prayer room. When We had three boys. I didn't have an extra space. My prayer room was a closet at 10 o'clock at night. Right? I'd my, I'd, sometimes I'd, get, I'd go in there and have my extra time. But as you go in there, the Lord is waiting. And listen, you get in the presence of God be, not because of you have to earn your way into it. He's already there waiting. Sometimes you feel, Lord, I don't feel you. One time I was complaining during, in my secret time with the Lord. My, right? I was having my quiet time with the Lord, and I was complaining, Lord, I don't feel you. And he says, son, my relationship with you is not based on a feeling, but it's based on a knowing. That you know that I'm here based off Scripture. Got my attention. I never complain again about feeling. Of course, we all want to feel the Lord, right? The manifestation, the presence of God. But sometimes you don't feel it. You just got to know that. You got to know it. The Lord is there and he's present. But I pray, I listen, and I worship, and I study in my secret place with the Lord. But here's what a Christian can do that's filled up with Jesus. Here we go. Verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in, the, in his forehead so that the stone sank in his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Do you know the, the helmet they wore back then? I did a little extra study. They had a little diamond shape, right? The Philistines had a, this cool helmet with a little diamond shape. Um, I don't know if you've ever shot a pistol. I, I shoot guns, but I'm not very good at it. But have you ever tried to run and shoot a pistol at a target? Picture trying to run full speed and shoot a gun, right? David's swinging, running at Goliath, swinging this. There's probably a tiny, tiny percent chance that it hit his head. But I believe when David began to take steps of faith, I believe an angel, right? It's not in Scripture, but I believe something took that stone and it stuck it right in that spot, in that little bitty diamond-shaped cutout. And sometimes we think we can't do it, but the Lord can do it. He's waiting for those that will take steps and start to run towards those giants that had been facing his kids. Right, so David, we know this verse 51, I love this is where David cuts off someone's head okay verse 51 therefore david ran and he stood over the philistine took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and then cut off his head with it and david took the head of the philistine and brought it to jerusalem i don't know if you've ever skipped over that part can you picture that because that's the here's the reality david cuts off this this giant's head and he's carrying this head back to jerusalem picture that real quick if you could kind of gross I know but he's got the, and it's got to be a big head because if he's a giant he's got a big head right so he's got this big head in his hand and he's carrying down I wonder if David along the way walked by remember the army that were frozen and uh, I wonder if he I would have done this I'm a little ornery uh, this is who you're afraid of I did what you're supposed to do and as David goes through town I don't believe he was bragging I believe it was just a testimony That everyone that's under God's covenant, everyone in Israel that, remember, they're God's chosen people. As he's walking by and he goes, this is what God will do to our enemies if you'll trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. I don't know what giants you've been facing because every community, every family is different. I'm not even sure who this message is speaking to right now. But the Lord wants you to know that. That giant that you'd have been allowed to hanging around has no authority to stay there, but God's waiting for you to use the tools that he's given you, prayer, worship, and your mouth to kick that giant out. Have you ever thought about what Jesus is doing during that epic battle with David and Goliath? Psalm 37, 12 says this, The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. That's amazing. The Lord laughs at our enemies. Sometimes we're impressed by our enemies, and Jesus is laughing today at those enemies that maybe have been taunting you. The Lord laughs at our enemies because he knows at some point his sons and daughters are going to wake up to the reality and take out that giant. It's just a matter of time. We all have giants in our lives. Maybe they've been there a little while because we've allowed them to stay, but I just want you to be encouraged that the Lord sees you, and he loves you, and he's equipped you. But every giant you refuse to fight, parents, every giant you refuse to fight, will be a giant that remains in your land to torment your children understand there's another generation coming after you they'll fight your giant if you don't fight the giant and that giant will hurt your kids you have royal blood flowing through your veins royal blood prayer is a powerful weapon as I close to take out giants here's three scriptures that that authorizes us to do battle with giants it's not physical battle, this is the real battle. You see I can go fight somebody physically. That's called that's weed-whacking Christianity. I'm cutting I'm just weed-whacking. It will not get to the root of the problem between us. Prayer gets to the root of the problem. Here we go. James 5:16. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You're righteous because of the blood of Jesus. That means you're in right standing with him. Doesn't say the prayer of a perfect person, or else none of us would get any prayers to God. Amen? It's the righteous person. Proverbs fifteen twenty nine says the Lord doesn't respond to the wicked, but he's moved to answer the prayers of the righteous person. You move the Lord when you are praying. And then first Peter three twelve, for the eyes of the Lord Yahweh rest upon the godly, and his heart responds to their prayers, but he turns his back on those who practice evil. God's ear is open to your voice. I'm not sure what the Lord is saying to you right now. And I don't know what's been what you're facing. Or maybe what sometimes you when David got anointed, he didn't know that he was going Goliath, to face Goliath. That was down the road. There may be a giant you face in a month, or a giant you face in two months. Whatever it is, I just want you to start. Spending time in the quiet place with the Lord, getting equipped so you're ready to handle business, kingdom business. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for the reality that you are who you say you are, and we are who you say we are, that we're your sons and daughters, and because we're your sons and daughters, we have family benefits. And those family benefits include releasing your kingdom. To take out giants that rise up in our community and our churches and our families, that we don't have to get picked on anymore, but we get to just remove them with the authority that you've given us. If you're here right now and you're facing a giant, and this, and I don't know what it is, but I I really want believe the Lord is going to, in faith that God is going to remove that giant right now. You don't have to let this thing hang around even another day. If you're facing a giant in your life, would you stand? Right now, if you're facing a giant, it could be a giant of the unsure of the future that's messing with you. Many standing. Standing of faith right now between you and the Lord, it's a stand of faith. It activates the kingdom. You know that, right? It activates. So, Lord, I pray right now every person standing, Father, that you would activate your kingdom right now over their situation, that giant that they're thinking about. Father, Lord, would be be removed right now in the name of Jesus. We say Jesus over this giant. Father, Lord, we say Jesus over this giant. I pray for a fresh outpouring of your kingdom. What's in the kingdom? The kingdom is peace. I pray for peace. I pray for joy. Father, Lord, I pray for wholeness. I pray for vision over the people standing, even those sitting, Lord. Pray for vision, fresh vision. Just a fresh outpouring of your anointing over everybody here, in the name of Jesus. If you're standing, I want you to say just this one word. I believe you're supposed to say the word "exchange." Everybody, say "exchange," because right now what you've done is you just exchanged, right, this giant, Father, Lord, giant for peace. You just exchanged giant for peace. And every time that the enemy is going to, you're going to get in your car or your next, maybe you do good for three days. The enemy is going to try to resurface this giant. And I want you to keep your eyes on the Lord because that giant's already been dealt with. Don't come back in agreement with the lie. The giant's been dealt with. And just say, Lord, because God says those that keep their eyes on him, his perfect peace will come over them. Because God's dealt with some giants already today. Would everybody stand as we, as we close? If you're here today and you don't know jesus who is the ultimate giant killer (laughs) and maybe you've been fighting these battles on your own strength i just want to encourage you god didn't create you to do life alone he created you to partner with him and be a disciple for him if you've never surrendered your life to the lord he loves you so much and i don't believe you're here by chance maybe someone invited you whatever the reason is but god wants a personal relationship with you just like he had with david right so if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, just slip your hand up and say, I want that. I've never done that, Pastor. I want to ask the Lord into my life today. And maybe you're watching online and you hear this message right now. and You can do it right where you are. You can ask Jesus into your heart right where you are. Father, I just pray for more of your kingdom to pour out on this church. That they're just getting, I believe you're just getting started here. You're just, they're, Father. Just stir it up. Just put your finger in every area where we become comfortable, Lord, and just stir it up what you're doing so our eyes are awakened to the reality of what you're doing in this time that we're living in right now. I thank you for being a God that sees us, a God that authorizes us, and a God that's in the business of restoring things that look dead back to life. So I speak life over every area of everybody's family here today. Life, Lord, in the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. amen that was a powerful word about David and Goliath. I love that story and I just love how God is how he moves and puts you know every speaker that we've had in harvest time together because I didn't let Terry know this and Tanya, but but last Sunday I had Scott Page was here and his wife Marquita and at the end they kind of they uh, did this deal where they um Activated us in the prophetic, and they used the story, they told us all to go get with somebody, and they used the story of David and Goliath, and they said, but in the parameters of that story, I want you to ask the Lord to give you a prophetic word for somebody, and so I want to release this word, even though it was released last Sunday through a young man named Parker Ward over my son-in-law, because, and I was thinking about that whenever um, you were sharing this about David and Goliath. And because I just feel like it's, it's not only for Cameron, but it's for everybody here that's facing a giant, that this prophetic word that Parker was given to give to Cameron uh, was this, was that when David, we think that David was shaking in his shoes when he faced Goliath. And, of course, you, re- you heard Pastor Terry talking about the story today. You can tell he wasn't shaking in his shoes. And, but, but he said what he, when he was facing his giant, he was at peace and he was at calm because he knew that the Lord had the battle. And so whatever you're facing today, whatever giant, God's God's giving you that peace. And it's a peace that this world cannot give. Only Jesus can. Amen? Thank you, Pastor Terry. That was an awesome word. Yes, give him a hand clap. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right, I want you to join hands with somebody there next to you. I'm going to speak this blessing over you. Pastor Terry and Tanya, I want you all to go back here in the back. I'll let you all go back here because I want you all to greet them I want everybody to shake their hands before you leave today. Yeah, and I'm going to bless you guys, and they're going to get back there. All right, grab hands with somebody there next to you, and we'll speak this blessing over you out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a blessed week. Go kill some giants. He, he gon' stand by what he claimed. Lived enough life to save. I heard your heart, I see your pain out in the dark, out in the rain. You're so alone, feel so afraid. I heard you pray in Jesus' name. It may be midnight or midday, it's never early. sometimes
1: it's years some he's a lifetime of volunteers but he's in the darkness he's in the cold just like the moon